Do angels have secretaries? If you do, perhaps you could ask yours to jog your memory. I've thought of trying to get in touch with you heaps of times lately, Doug, but each time I stop myself on account of me probably being too old now and you probably being up to your neck in angel work. I'm not stopping myself now, but because I'm desperate. You can probably tell that by how hard I'm thinking these thoughts and how hard I'm hoping you're receiving them, wherever you are. Things are pretty crook here, Doug, and I can't manage on my own anymore. I need your help. I understand if you can't fit me in immediately because you're busy rescuing a little kid from an iceberg or making a crocodile spit out a toddler, but I'm hoping you're not, Doug, because Troy and Brent Malley are over there by the war memorial and they've spotted me. I suppose a tree wasn't such a great hiding place when there were only three in the whole park. I'm jumping. I'm rolling in the dust. I'm running. Doug, protect me like you used to, please. I thought I was a goner then. If I'd taken another half second getting across the main street, that road train would have flattened me. I'm not sure what would be worse, being pounded by Troy and Brent Malley or being flattened by a 90-ton road train. I was glad it came along, but the Malleys had to wait for it to pass, which gave me time to duck in here, the dunnies at the gas and gobble. It's okay, Doug, it's not as obvious a hiding place as it sounds. I'm a boy, and I'm in the ladies. If anyone comes in, I'll tell them I'm looking for the cigarette lighter Gran lost a couple of months ago. Hang about, Doug. Of course. If you don't remember me, you must remember Gran. She was the one who told me about you when I was little. She's tall and sort of wrinkled, and she's got a bad... Oh, no. The Mallies are next door in the men's. They've heard me panning for breath. Here we go again. I've never been that good at athletics. But I reckon if sprinting through a service station and jumping over petrol pump hoses was a school event, I'd be in with a chance. Especially if I had very angry twins chasing me. I thought Mr. Key, the manager, was going to grab me, but he just stood there with his mouth open. He didn't even say anything when Troy ran into a car door and dented it, or when Brent tripped over the air hose and landed in someone's shopping. For a sec, when I glanced back, I thought that was you making all that happen, Doug. Then I remembered what Bran used to tell me about you. He's not like one of those posh guardian angels in the Bible, she used to say. Doug's invisible. He doesn't do violence, and he's very busy. So if you need him, you've got to ask. I'm asking now, Doug. The Malleys are getting close again. I can hear them yelling round the corner. I've just ducked down the side of Conky's store, but I doubt if that'll throw them for long. You're probably wondering, Doug, why I'm not asking anyone round here for help. Why I'm not running into houses and yelling, Neighbourhood Watch, or something. Things have changed since I last gave you a hoy, Doug. Everyone in town hates me now. They hate Dad and Mum and Gran too. I'll explain why when I finish climbing up into Mr. Conkey's old storage shed. Sorry that took a while, Doug. It's really hard climbing wood when it's rotting. I'm hoping the Mallies won't think of looking all the way up here in the rafters, with a bit of luck, or rather with a bit of help from you, Doug. Luck's something we haven't had much of around here lately. Remember how last time you were around this way it hadn't rained for nearly four years? Well, we haven't had a sprinkle for eight years now, except for a few drops last January, which everyone reckoned was from a leaky dunny on a Qantas jet. It's a really crook drought. Everyone says so. Sheena Bullock's dog can unscrew aftershave bottles with its teeth. That's how crook a drought it is. Everyone's suffering, but Dad's copping it the worst. Remember how he used to be one of the most popular blokes in town, partly because of his sweet nature and partly because drought-struck farmers knew that if they came to see Dad, he'd make sure the bank lent them some money to keep them going. 
Well, now everyone hates him. Someone spat on him in the street yesterday. It was terrible. They've been eating beetroot. I've tried to explain to people that Dad's just doing his job. That's what a bank liaison officer has to do. Write reports on families who are going broke because the droughts killed their sheep and dried up their paddocks. That it's not his fault the bank gets twitchy when broke families can't pay back the money they've borrowed. That it's not his fault the bank takes their farms instead. I've told people a million times how much Dad hates writing those reports. How he wishes he could be a swimming pool attendant like Grandad used to be. How he'd give his right arm to... Hang on, what's that noise? For a sec, I thought it was the Mallies climbing up to get me. Relax, Doug. It was just the wooden beams expanding in the heat. I'm lying stretched out on a rafter now, so even if Troy and Brent do come into the shed, they definitely won't be able to see me up here under the roof. Where was I? Oh, yes. I'm always reminding people that Dad's the same kind bloke he was before the drought. Reminding them how he nursed the bullock's dog back to health after we found it in our backyard with bubbles coming out of its mouth. But every time the bank chucks a family off their land, everyone blames Dad. I tell them he's as upset about it as they are. He is. He's got flaky skin on his upper thighs from the stress. I don't tell them that. I tell them it's the bank bosses in the city that chuck people off their land, not Dad. But they don't listen. They just turn away and pretend I'm a bus stop, which is pretty hurtful because our town hasn't got any bus stops. People are starting to hate Mum too, and all she does is work in the bank and cash drought relief checks and make cups of tea for people who are depressed and upset at the state of their sheep. The bank offered to promote her to manager, but she said no because she knew she'd cop it even worse. Even Gran gets picked on when she goes shopping. Well, she reckons she does. She reckons someone muttered to her in Conkeys yesterday how they were going to slit her throat and reach in and pull her intestines out. But she was standing next to a noisy soft drink cabinet and her hearing's not the best. Anyway, Gran's pretty tough. It's Dad I'm most worried about, Doug. If kids chuck my bag on the roof, I can climb up and get it. But Dad can't if his clients do that to him. He's too overweight to be a good climber, plus he's meant to be resting his thighs. The other kids do chuck my bag around a fair bit. I reckon they hate me almost as much as their parents hate Dad. I've tried not to think about it too much. Until the Savo. I nipped down to Conkey's for some corn chips. Troy and Brent Malley were waiting for me. When I saw the expressions on their faces and the tractor starter handles in their hands, I knew my worst nightmare had come true. If only Dad had warned me the bank was going to chuck the Malleys off their land, I could have taken precautions, like staying indoors. And I wouldn't have had to disturb you, Doug. Sorry if I'm messing up your work schedule and causing you job-related stress, but I'm... Oh, listen, it's that noise again. That's not beams expanding, that's... Oh, no, Doug, the Mallies are up here. They must have climbed up the back of the shed. They've just stepped out from behind an old crate and they're coming towards me along the rafter, grinning. Their grins are even scarier than their scowls. Doug, help. I'm on a thin strip of wood, miles from the ground, being stalked by killer twins. There's only one thing I can do. Jump onto the next rafter. Doug, if you're there, could you give me a sign? So I know you're looking after me and I won't fall and get mashed. Just something small. A thumbs up made of dust floating in the air. A spider winking at me. Anything. Too late. The manlies are lunging at me. I'm jumping. I've made it. I'm on the other rafter. No, I'm not. The wood's splintering. I'm falling. Doug! I'm not dead. I can move both my arms. And both my legs. And most of my bottom.
Doug, you did it. You broke my fall. Jeez, I've forgotten how good you are at this angel caper. It must take years of training to make a person who's falling that distance land exactly on a pile of empty cardboard boxes and not on the concrete floor or the rusty old sheep feed machine. Thanks, Doug. Troy and Brent can't believe it. They're staring down with their jaws hanging loose. Even from this far away, I can see that their faces have gone pale and their legs are quivering. They look like stunned sheep. I'm shaking too, on the inside as well. My heart and liver and guts are quivering more than the stuff in the butcher's window when a cattle truck goes past. Not because of the fall, Doug. Because I'm so happy and excited. You've come back. It's amazing, Doug. Now I'm a client of yours again, I feel totally different. I can even run faster. I've just made it home in a couple of ticks and the malleys weren't even in sight. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is the best birthday present I've ever had. Did I mention today's my birthday? That's why I'm catching my breath on the front veranda. I don't want to burst into the house panting and looking like I've just been chased three times around town by a pair of psychopaths. Mum and Dad have got enough stress as it is, and they're about to have some more. My birthday party starts in 20 minutes, and there's something about it I haven't told them yet. Something very important. I haven't been going to tell them in case they chucked a fit. But now you're back, Doug. It'll be fine. What I've got to tell them is that my birthday party is not just a birthday party. It's the event that's going to make everything in our lives okay again. When I got inside, Graham was having a go at Dad as usual. Three more families heaved off their land by that bank of yours, she was saying. Don't take it personally, but I reckon you're lower than the flap of skin on a sheep's rear.